Hello, man. Welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based on the based off the roll of a twenty-sided die. I'm Jordan, and I really botched that. But with me, as always, is Will. You know, my hey, usual Jordan. co-host, <laughs> the one the one who has been here for every single episode, and this isn't a new or special thing. Oh, I can't wait to have another episode where we agree on everything, and I think that you're just always right about all your opinions. Jordan. Yeah, and I get to hear your stories, and we're not going to, like, talk over each other. We're no. not going to, like, you're not going to be like, oh, my gosh, all you do is write sadness, and I'm not going to be never, like, never. oh, yeah. And, yeah, no, it's going to be a nice, peaceful episode, but in all seriousness... Um, Will is with me from the We Belong show that I do on Wednesdays where we talk about anime and we're yeah. weird together. And <laughs> I'm really excited because now Will is the only person who has done all of my shows with me. All three, baby. Gold star. Yeah, yeah. You're basically an EGOT at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what, what would that be? So it would be side characters. So S, W, W. S, W, S. Yeah. I think SWW, I think is really good. baby. I'm a swap. A swap. I'm a swap. Whatever that means to you, that's what it is. So, Will, you're on the spot now. You get to lead us off. What have you been doing recently? Um, so, recently, I think just because, uh, like, earlier this year, like, uh, we talked about how, like, we just generally wanted to, um, like, watch more media. Yep. Of, like, just various kinds. So for me, I've been focusing a lot on, like, movies. Yeah. And the two types of movies that I've been going through are super two super different things. So the first kind is um these horror movies that are from a book, mostly, and also recommended by the author of the book, uh, called House of Psychotic Women. Oh. And they're basically a collection of horror movies that kind of have these very similar themes that uh, this author is like identified and they talk a lot about like um, just kind of the neuroses that like women tend to face. And also like, I personally feel um, just like kind of uh, to various extents, like marginalized people generally. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and they're really, it's a really interesting collection of movies. Um, so one that I watched from there which I've told you about is uh, called Identikit. And it's also called, I think, The Driver's Seat in America. And it stars, it stars Elizabeth Taylor when she's oh. older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you it's did tell me this, yeah. really crazy. Like, she just plays this woman who's kind of having a, like, nervous breakdown and just, like, really has to go on a vacation. So she goes south to, like, I think the south of Italy. Though it's never, like, quite defined. And it's very dreamlike, but also, like, very campy. Uh, like, I, I, again, like, told you before, but there's an entire scene where this dude who's trying to, like, pick her up is telling her about, like, the diet he's on. And it's all, like, rice-based. And he's talking about just, like, how much he loves rice. And he's like, my family disowned me for loving rice, but I still love it because it's the gateway to health. And she just, like, looks right at him and, like, just so hateful. She just goes, I hate rice. I hate rice. Amazing shit like that, and it's it's Elizabeth Taylor. And so it's somewhere like, and Rice like sneezed and it's like, how dare she? Why? I hate crying. Rice. Yeah. Oh, I'm fragile. My daughter died. That's oh, a geez. mean joke. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's been really good. And I also watched um, and I, I watched this actually partially with you, 
uh, weird, weird uh, movie. Uh, All the Colors of the Dark, which is an Italian movie that's just like insane and about this woman who gets sucked into a satanic cult. Um, and because it's Italian and from the 70s, everyone's like uncannily beautiful. Yeah, right? You like- know? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know um, it was a movie about Dungeons and Dragons. A because she gets sucked into it. a satanic cult. <laughs> exactly. What <laughs> they never to knew what hit them. Yeah, it's like you roll some dice and suddenly you're the devil. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, so just stuff like that. Um, the other one that's not quite like that, but it is in the collection, like it's in the book, uh, House of Psychotic Women. That I also watched was Three Women by Robert. Altman and that's like such a good movie like that's just like genuinely a fucking amazing movie and Altman's so good um like something people always say about him is that like everyone in every scene he does is miked like every actor yeah so it's like you can hear all of the side talks that like other characters who aren't main characters are having or just like you know like uh extras and it just yeah. is super interesting and like very realistic feel to the other world's he creates a world. Yeah, see? World building. I love it. And then totally contrary to that, I've been watching a lot of James Bond. <laughs> I I love the side the like the two sides <laughs> of the coin where it's like, yeah, I've been watching these um horror movies and like it comes from this book, House of Psychotic Woman. And I actually looked up the book. This book looks awesome. Um it's really yeah, but it's like a house is like a woman, and here's a um, movie series about a womanizer who does spy stuff sometimes. I think that the most egregious one, I'm, I'm trying to watch every James Bond movie. I, I've had to like take some breaks and, and switch on and off because just straight up watching the Sean Connery Bonds, honestly, sometimes is hard. I think the most egregious is egregious. Why can't I speak? Uh, so I'm as drunk as Sean Connery. Uh, so far as Goldfinger, Goldfinger oh, is like so rough. Like there, see, there's like one scene where uh, I think like the it's the first scene like uh fucking Felix Leiter walks up to Bond and Bond says to like the girl he's with uh go away the grown-ups are talking and as Whoa. she walks away he audibly slaps her ass Whoa. and I was like my gracious me why what is, it is that it is rough at one point oh uh, and God. I don't care if it's a spoiler um, at it's, one it's point, a 40 this year woman, old movie. <laughs> exactly. At one point, um, a woman who's like an enemy operative is like trying to seduce Bond, but like, you know, he's like seducing her. Like, she's trying to get something from Bond, but he's seducing her back to get something from her kind of thing. But in this movie, James Bond, the same woman who he, I believe, pats on the ass, um, is like his girlfriend. So when the woman comes into his room, their room, she's sleeping. She's like in bed next to him already. So he hides her. Then he's like, okay, let me freshen up. The other woman goes out. He then hides his girlfriend in the closet, like, of the room. And then fucks the enemy operative woman while his girlfriend's in the closet. And then takes her out. And she's like, oh my, she's like falling asleep. So she's like, how long has it been? And he goes like, it's two o'clock. And she goes, I've been in there for two hours. And he's like, all for God in, in service of country. Like, being a total douchebag about it because he banged this other chick while she was in the room. It's so dastardly. I'm like, this is intense. 
So, so. Well, actually, I think what I'm describing is uh, what I'm just what that scene's actually from the Man with the Golden Gun. So that's a whole different one. So they're pretty egregious throughout. What is up with James Bond and Gold? But really, really quick. Yeah. So we do We Belong Together, which is a Twitch show. So we it's a visual medium rather than just audio. But yeah. so I'll have to explain to the audience like when Will said all of that, my jaw just dropped like what like you gotta be kidding me that's just that's just like in there and that's just okay and like but also i messed up it's not a 40 year old movie it's a 60 year old movie so yeah you yes. spoil <laughs> away it's a 60 year old movie you can like tell the whole plot start to finish right now and i don't care it's a 60 year old movie. but dude that is egregious like i think that's the best word to use in that but like oh my god dude it's rough he, Puts her in a closet for two hours while he fucks another woman. Yes, and I am. I've been watching a lot of them back to back, so I'm sorry I mixed it up. That's not a Goldfinger. That is that is Man with the Golden Gun, which means that they are rough throughout. By the way, because that's a Roger Moore one, I think. So that's like one of the less like fucked up, like just like like the Sean Connery ones are fucked up sexually, but they're also really fucked up like they're like accurate like book accurate to how bond is aka a violent sociopath like there is a scene in um dr no i think it is where bond rolls up to the hotel room he's supposed to be at and he's killed a dude and he just has the dude's body in the back seat of the car and just totally nonchalantly he's like take care of this to like the concierge it's like sean connery and he just, like, throws the guy the keys, and the guy, like, walks up and, like, realizes the other dude is dead in the backseat and, like, starts being like, oh, my fuck, this dude is dead. So it's, like, the contrast is even more stark. Like, Bond just, like, could not give less of a shit that he's toting a corpse. This is this is <laughs> wild. Cause I, so, like, <laughs> I remember seeing watching Goldfinger, right, and I don't remember any of it, but, like, I've seen some of these movies, and I do not remember them at all because, like... So good, dude. The, I I have it's a weird so I have a weird relationship with James Bond, especially because like in our like so we're about the same age, but like in our um when when we were how do how do and can't think of the word, but like in our era, like it was the um, Pierce Brosnan James Bond yeah. and Daniel Craig were the our James Bonds, right? And the Pierce Brosnan ones yeah. are like um what that was Golden Eye. And then the, bad, and yeah, and then what was the world ends with you? I think is the one with Holly Berry. So, is that the one yeah, with Holly Berry? With the giant space laser? No, no, that's um, die another day. Die another which day is, is the giant terrible. space. Which yeah, it, it, we were bad. talking about this because we actually watched through the John Wick movies the other day. But we were talking about how Holly Berry, Holly, Holly, whatever, she was wasted yeah. in those movies. Yeah, so hardcore. Like it's so upsetting to like then finally get her in like a kind of Bond-ish movie like John Wick and have her like actually be like a very cool character as opposed to how they just wasted the crap out of her in the giant space. It had a giant space laser, which is, we're going to talk about it later, which is a very anime thing that it... Laser, yes. It's literally, it's fucked up. Like, did those it's movies the, come out after Austin Powers? Because I feel like I they know. might have, and Let it's very out. fucked up. If, like, uh, they did. I mean, yeah. that's also, like, straight up just taking from Moonraker, which is pretty fucking lazy. Like, I know that, like, 
Bond movies uh, generally can be pretty lazy, but like, holy fuck. Yeah, to be like, Die Another Day came movie. out after, um, also sorry for interrupting you, but Die Another Day came after all three. Um, yeah, dude, Austin come on. Movies. Like you gotta, like after That's that true. whole, like I was saying, like that whole bit where like Dr. Evil's like the laser like you got to be aware of that shit you cannot do that anymore in bond shit that's that's fucking it's, that's goofy it's just wait no, wait. wait hold on it, wait give, give me sorry give me a second but in die another day there was an actress named samantha bond that's the actress uh-huh. name not the not the character oh, name so oh, samantha God. bond was in a bond movie and she wasn't a main character oh she was miss moneypenny which is also oh, okay. another wasted character. <laughs> yeah, Money Benny, who constantly wants Bond to marry her throughout the series, and I'm like, dude, why? <laughs> like any anybody else. But yeah, yeah. We, we had like I will say some of the Daniel Craig Bond movies were fine, but like so I have a weird relationship because like some of the Daniel Craig Bonds were fine, but then they like boiled them down to just be like a generic action film. I haven't seen the last of the four Daniel Craig ones. Um, yeah. So, so I saw, um, do, 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 I forget what the first one's called, but yeah, Casino Royale, um, Quantum of Solace. Oh. Actually, there's five Daniel Craig, isn't there? Because Quantum of Solace, and there's the one with Harvey. I don't remember. Deborah That's like one of the reasons I want to rewatch them all because, like, I, I just don't fucking remember the new ones very well at all. So I'm like wanting to revisit them. I'm try- oh, Skyfall. Yeah, it was the Harvey. Yes. Wow. There was way more. There were way more (laughs) Daniel Craig ones than I thought. And by way more, I mean one more than I thought. But um, (laughs) Casino Royale, Quantum Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and no, yeah, No Time to Die was the one I didn't see. But Casino Royale is good. Quantum Solace was decent. Skyfall is great. And then you get Spectre just sucked. (laughs) Spectre was just bad. Did you like Skyfall? Did you like my novel, Skyfall? Did you know that I, Ian Fleming, wrote the screenplay for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Which is, that is a fact that blows my mind every time, which he wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and then his other book series was freaking James Bond. You get the flying car, and then you get the, like, um, hyper-toxic masculinity um, spy movies. I wrote Chitty Chitty, and then Roll, my friend Roll, wrote a Bond, he wrote a Bond screenplay for me, and I said, I don't know, Rawl, if you have the meanness in you to write Bond, but then he told me it was a vehement anti-Semite, and I realized, all right, I'll be fine at it. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Oh, man, we're doing character work today, guys. Um, That's enough. enough. No, it's not. We we always do. But it's just, yeah, like I said, I have a weird relationship, because, like, it was like really liking the Daniel Craig ones in high school and then like going to college and basically becoming a feminist to be like, ooh, oh no, James Bond is it has issues. I truly think that for me it's it's holding up better when I view it through the prism of like and I've known this for a long time, but like truly rewatching them through the prism of like, oh, James Bond is just a straight up like violent sociopath. Like I said before, like they they work a lot more when you just like accept that fact and they become much more interesting. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. So and I'll get to what I've been doing. But it kind of reminds me of I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about like the um, Grand Theft Auto games and like 
the I think it's the second one is so much more interesting if you think because he's a silent protagonist, but if you think of him as like a violent sociopath, yeah. it's like it's so much more interesting than like all the other plot that's happening. It's like, oh yeah, this guy is like literally the stranger, but um made just like a crazy, like violent man. It's like, oh yeah, he's stealing cars, shooting people in the head and all this. It's like this story is about a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, there's also like an element where like like that I keep like realizing that keeps coming up for me which is that like specter is a group of people who have been fucked over by like secret uh services and like essentially by different governments and now like want revenge and like that fact coupled with the fact that like james bond is a violent sociopath who works for the government and they have no problem with that coupled with the other fact that like Every villain that Ian Fleming writes who is a man seems to, like, not everyone, but, like, so many of the villains in James Bond movies end up being gay. So it's, like, making me, like, have sympathy for Spectre. Yeah, right. Like, I'm like, oh, maybe Spectre is right. Like, maybe, like, they should be disrupting the shit that, like, MI6 is doing and, like, fucking with James Bond and, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Also, in the James Bond Spectre movie, um, Christoph Waltz was uh, the main kind of leader of Spectre. And that's a interesting interesting choice because I like Christoph Waltz. But again, I feel like he was wasted. <laughs> yeah, also the titular man with the golden gun is like a gay dude who's into James Bond because he's also a serial killer. Which I think is like very interesting and kind of not like fully utilized because Ian Fleming was working shit out. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Actually, Ian, look, at, I'm going to put this as a space because I don't know if this is something that I want to put in the show, but also, like, watch, thinking through the James Bond, um, the, sorry, the Daniel Craig James Bond movies, I'm pretty sure that both Christoph Waltz's character and then um, Javier Bardem, his character in um, Skyfall were both, like, coded gay, if not... Um, specifically said to be gay no i mean like like, ian fleming does that like super on purpose like ian fleming was like a ian fleming was a terrible human which is another thing that definitely colors my like watching of these movies um and he fucking yeah definitely was a homophobe he definitely like did not trust gay people thought that they were like inherently untrustworthy and he definitely especially like uh really didn't like lesbians so there's a lot of stuff about like bad lesbians and his stuff but it's all like purposeful and it's because like he just didn't think he just didn't trust gay people and didn't like them very much because he was working shit out (laughs) and and this kind of goes to what we talk about on both weebalog and then side characters are these series that we should continue to push if the um author was kind of a um for lack of better terms bastard I don't know. Because, I mean, I mean I look, we're not remaking James Chitty Bond. Chitty Bang Bang, so why are we keep making of... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, James Bond is kind of... I think... I don't know. I think that it's like, as long as you kind of keep in mind what he really is, it's kind of... A, I mean, I think that it's more... For me, there, the question more becomes, like, can you do James Bond... Like, I, I think that, like, you can do James Bond stories without straight-up adapting Ian Fleming novels. Like, they've done that before. So, for me, the question becomes, like, do you just start doing that? 
like do we start phasing out like the Fleming mm-hmm. novels because they do have fucking like egregious stuff in there like some of the shit's so egregious that like even in the 60s like the fucking like movie people were like maybe not this <laughs> this makes him very unlikable <laughs> if he's like this you know um so I don't know I think that like Bond kind of as a character can always be there but I don't know if we need to keep adapting all of the worst hits from Ian Fleming like I don't know and you can like adapt the stories without having like every fucking detail in there about like what Ian Fleming thinks about women and shit you know yeah he's interesting person but yeah getting like he was a fucking pretty awful dude probably top five like of like bad writers i would say of like writers i've learned about of just like bad people like unpleasant fucking people yeah and next we're gonna talk about hp lovecraft anyway i was thinking <laughs> probably the king is like hp lovecraft he's probably like, oh one of the things that recently came out when i was talking about lovecraft was like someone shared a quiz where it's like who said it hitler or lovecraft and it's just like ooh, the fact that you can like compare some of the quotes between the two of these, that's not good. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. not a good sign. Yeah, guy's no, so racist, he named his cat a racial slur. Guy's so racist that he made other racists uncomfortable. Yeah, it's bad when you're, like, more racist than Roger Kipling. Yeah, it's not It's not good. It's not, it's not good at all. Yeah. But, um, it's, 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 that's pretty bad. Eddie so, Salinger is also probably, like up there as just like a bad dude to people yeah. generally in his life uh yeah, though not a racist which is good yeah it's always fun it's always fun when you, when you you i like when someone's horrible but also like they're not racist so it's like okay at least he had that like one one <laughs> thing going for him yeah. it's like oh yeah. was it a racist like thank god but <laughs> So really quick, because we're a little over the time I usually like to talk. But um, so the things I have been doing recently, um, just gonna do a quick rundown since we've talked about them on Weeblog and Will. You've like literally have been with me for most of these things I've done. But um, read the manga Tepu. It's about um, girls MMA. It's great. Everybody should read it. It's only thirty three chapters. It honestly got dropped before it got too far, but it's still really good and I think worth the read if you're like. Any, anywhere into MMA or anime. They work together very well. Um, and then I finally saw Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. It was wild because I didn't know they put in all that like alternate like world, the hollow earth stuff and like the energy and the titans come from this alternate reality where, yeah, that was a weird thing that exists. But like, and like watching the fucking hmm? temple, like Kong has a temple. Yeah, he has a temple. Oh, and like that was all just like, so the other movies, you get like a little bit of lore, then suddenly they just drop all of this on you at once. And I was like, whoa. So that was um, weird, but I, I enjoyed the fight scene, like w- like seeing my boy Mecha Godzilla, which is one of the um, yeah. reasons I became an engineer. Uh, seeing my boy on screen yeah. was really great. Like, well, seeing on screen in a modern Godzilla movie, really awesome, really cool. Um, he like lightning punched King Kong in the chest. That was fun. Um, he sure did. Then we watched that weird horror movie, The Hatching. I actually enjoyed it oh yeah that was pretty good yeah, yeah. bird daughter the movie um <laughs> what else have i done 
Not without my birth daughter. (laughs) It's like, never talk to me or my birth daughter ever again. (laughs) Um, And then we watched... The first episode of Serial Experiments, Lane, um, I'm going to have to watch, finish that because I've never seen it and I've talked Good. about that many a time. And yeah, that brings us to present day. <laughs> I've been doing a lot. So today, Will, I was, gonna, I was going to do the thing that I do to Cody, be like, what are we doing on this show today? But I'm not going to spare you because I did that to you yesterday on Weebelog. <laughs> and that's a really mean thing to do to someone who's not a regular on this show. So I apologize for even beginning to do that to you. But so today, what we are doing is um, we're going to be building worlds for the first time in a while. And well, Will's first time ever, my first time in a while. When the Cody's gone, anime happens. <laughs> and so, so we're going to be doing um, anime worlds. Um, we kind of did this type of thing on We Belong before where like we picked like the overall genre was like anime. Anime is the genre we are doing. And then we picked like then we specifically gave each other a type of anime to do. So Will gave me sports anime and I gave him um I just said, do something in the style of Studio Trigger, which in <laughs> hindsight, I feel a little mean because that's such a big and vague thing, but <laughs> whoops. And so intense. And so it's, so I, many of my stories are just like, Tim went to the store and he saw that frog at that store. He sure, surely did. And it's just like triggers like the whole damn world. The, the whole see trigger trigger and so will's like well i'm sorry but my idea was a little weird and i'm like dude i gave you trigger and for those who <laughs> don't know studio trigger is when you think of anime like a lot of people they think of anime as being like this crazy like overdone thing and so even within anime trigger is crazy and overdone so trigger yeah. is in charge of um such anime such as Gurren Lagann Kill a Kill I think trigger actually got its start doing fully cool if, if you don't really know anime then none of these words mean anything to you but as an example um the end of Gurren Lagann does have two universe-sized robots fighting each other and literally throwing galaxies at each other as they're standing on another galaxy. That's how wild <laughs> Trigger gets. Yeah, which then made me worry that it wasn't as wild. Because like I said, like for me, I'm like, wow, it's so big. But I'm like, oh, that might be relative. Nah, I I, I think that you had, like, because Promare was kind of down the down to earth <laughs> that's yeah promare was more down to earth than nor- normal trigger and then that the two episodes studio trigger did a star wars visions the one with the twins and then the one with the old man the one with the old man was de- really down to earth the sorry the old man sith and then the one with the twins was usual trigger crap where we have them a breathing yeah. in space and b i think he cut um a ship in half with a lightsaber he sure did and it was something awesome. wild where that was the one where it's like, of course, studio. Here we go, yeah. studio trigger again. But yeah, so trigger is wild, and I, I really hope, I'm excited to see what you do. Me, I did sports anime, and so will before I go into this, and we'll talk about any last words before we start the 
story part of the episode. But before sports anime is something that um, I oh. like. <sighs> We joke about it on Weebalog all the time where it's quote unquote that one time Jordan got way too obsessed with badminton anime is kind of how this started. So I've like watched the few sports I think you're going to get into so many sports animes. Dude. I think you're going to like have so much sports anime merch. I, I think you're I'm like scared really you're right film. though because then I read Tepu which is also a sports yeah. anime and like Tepu was like one of those things where I'm like reading this and I'm like oh this is so great and I guess the thing that I like about sport well some sports animes, others like Eye Shield and um, some other sports animes can get a little wild. Like the thing I liked about sports animes is that like they they are decent, like they are more down to earth and like hold a bit of realism that you don't usually get in other anime. So like there's yeah. not usually like, oh, this person has their special power and they're gonna like suddenly like out of nowhere get a second wind and save the day by powering up and there's not like oh now here's this villain with this crazy power you've never seen of like usually it's held to more of a reels and like when i watched the badminton anime hanabato the only like anime element in it was that like the one girl was left-handed which gave her like a, a specific advantage because of the way that the feathers on the shuttlecock are wound and so they go a certain way if you hit it from the opposite direction you you can cause like a difference in um spin so that was like the only like oh she's special type of thing and also her like she had a like double jointed wrist which is a thing that also comes up in um tepu is the one character's double jointed and that's what makes her special oh, yeah. type thing oh you can't but those are things that happen it can exist in reality and don't right. put these stories into a realm of like oh wow look how wild this is like a bleach or a naruto or suddenly he has giant frogs that are helping him like there is a bit of realism and that's what i like about sports anime and now what i will say about the thing i built is <laughs> i didn't do that i made my own sport in a crazy world to go along with it so um yeah you know how cody complains about how i'm always way too long-winded and super convoluted welcome to hell that's okay me too but yeah no so i guess do you have any anything else to say before we go into doing our worlds no, I'm just excited to hear these worlds. Yep. Okay. Here are our anime worlds. I'm going to go first to spare Will from having to um, <laughs> put himself out there like that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to talk about my um, world. So we're going to, we're going all the way back to original format for those who haven't listened since, or who have only heard the stories or haven't listened since the stories. We're going all the way back to original format where I will read one part, Will will read his first part, and then we'll go back and forth until they're done. Um, splitting in four parts, not like here's the things we're going to be talking about, but not necessarily contained to only this. The geography, the flora, fauna, the society history, and the society current. Um, I do what I do best, and each of my parts is kind of in a different voice. I'll, I'll lead off each of these with um, with a quote from a character in said world and then kind of describe the world through story. Um, the only other thing that I have to say is I messed up real bad and I don't have a name for this world. Uh-oh. Well, we'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> the names are the, oh um, the, the true treasure is the name you came up with along the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm so happy you're here, by the way. 
this is also oh, I'll, man. I'll edit this i'm really happy that i finally we're, we're sitting down and we're doing this i haven't like i'm been... happy i finally got my fucking egot bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like yeah it's like we, we do a lot of stuff together i'm just like happy that we're doing this and like i kind of lost some steam when it came to like world building and writing and i'm like you've helped reinvigorate that so um enough of the sappy bullcrap here's my world. part one geography rebuild and start again the world may be broken, but the future is limitless. Emily Steinberg, World Peace Director. After the worldwide armistice and joint decision by the nations to end all conflicts and focus on the future. <laughs> that is so... Okay. What the fuck, dude? Our what? stories... Okay. <laughs> Our stories open so similarly, but oh, go I, on. I can't wait, but also, I, I read that and then I... Like, I'm laughing because how ridiculous, like, after the worldwide arms, it's a joint decision of the nations to end all conflict. By the way, this is a sports anime. Hold on one sec. This is like, I just Let me bring love how, like, left, left field that is. Dude, can I read the first sentence of mine? Yes, please. Oh, wait. Oh, yes. Can I, like, the first two sentences of mine? It's uncanny how much we did oh, not discuss this. Yeah, we did before. not discuss before. We never discussed the worlds before. This is the first, like, two sentences of mine. On a world very much like our own, humanity has grown to a point of unparalleled technological capacity. This ability has led humanity to grow past its problems of the past and come together as a co coalition of peace and unity. <laughs> That's oh, fucked that up. Is, that is we hilarious. need to like we spend a lot of time together. Yeah, clearly we hang out a lot. That's so funny. Okay. That's so funny. Okay, I'm, go on. I'm Sorry. laughing so hard at that. Especially because you're yeah, do a sports anime, and I'm like, okay, here it goes. After the worldwide armistice and the joint decision by the nations to end all conflicts and focus on the future, many were left with the thought that we were too late. The thousand year war left the world broken and polluted. The water had turned a sickly dark green, and the air was so thick with smog, gas masks were required to roam the outside world. The cities were devastated, not even maintaining an ounce of their former glory, though some were determined to rebuild and start again. With the worldwide ceasefire, many in the field of science were determined to fix the world we almost destroyed. The polluted oceans were focused on first. With technology, we could manage to live in a smog-laden land, but gathering any nutrients within the water was starting to become an impossible feat. Scientists from the East Continents created machines that would slowly begin to filter the pollution from the water, break it down, and turn it into raw energy. In conjunction with the Air Science League, that energy was then utilized to help clear the polluted air. The energy broke down the pollution and further created clouds of gas that were then filtered and used to power the cities and other technologies such as vehicles. The slight side effect that was left from this new form of energy were the arrays of rainbow gas that filled the sky. It's an unfortunate side effect, but was more appealing than the grayed out sunless sky. During the day, you can see the light from the sun sparkle through these clouds, creating a prismatic stream of light. At night, these clouds shine like stars throughout the landscape. The oceans are not completely purified even at this point. Towards the center of the oceans, you can still see the dark green death that we created. But closer to the land masses, especially those with civilization, the water is a warm, transparent blue. At this point, 
it is not recommended to enter the deep water. As far as seasons, the weather ebbs and flows, but we mostly see a spring and summer season. The ice caps have receded quite a bit, but there are efforts to try and reverse the great melt. Outside of the cities, the land is still broken. In some areas, the ground was bombed until it ran smooth. Other areas, you can still see massive craters. The mountains crumbled and volcanoes broke open into large magma fields. The boundaries between nations have grown even larger due to the war. The nations that were large are a percent of the size of their size before. Though with the treaties, the borders have opened and free travel is promoted in order to continue to cultivate the relationships. Each country is designated by their own ever-growing capital city. Due to the wars, most civilizations don't go too far outside of the borders of the capital cities, though we are starting to see the spread out into the vast lands that were evacuated due to bombing. Because of the ceasefire, war machines have been abandoned, and many people are finding ways to repurpose that machinery. Even with the regrowth program, most of the land is desert waste. These areas were further repurposed by the entertainment and cultural growth communities. What we cannot use for regrowth and farming, we have given to those sports fanatics to help create their arenas, tracks, and fields. Where we cannot mm -hmm. rebuild our environment, we can at least rebuild the relationships between the many different nations. Sports and entertainment are what bring us together. Art helps mm -hmm. us understand each other, while competition gives us something to test each other with. With the Thousand Year War, we almost found ourselves extinct. But with the efforts of many people, we are beginning to see the start of a bright future. And that is my first part. Convoluted. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> so once again, I think it's kind of weird how much ours are we alike. We too much. That's just what we're finding from this episode. Yeah. We spend way too much time together. Uh, so this is mine. All right. I, I didn't give it a name either. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like the one thing Probably. I forgot because like I already I had names for all my other stuff. I'm like, ah, crap. Uh, okay. On a world much like our own, humanity has grown to the point of unparalleled technological capacity. The ability has led humanity to grow, uh, to grow past its problems of the past and come together as a coalition of peace and uh, unity. Unfortunately, this enlightenment has come too late. And the technological improvement of the recent of the recent decades has also led to some severe environmental issues. In 2174, the leaders of humanity realized that the Earth would no longer be able to sustain human life. While the planet would rebuild itself, there would be years where it would be unlivable to humans and thus lead to our extinction. With the consolation that the Earth would be reborn upon our death, humanity began to accept our demise. People began to raise problems, though. What if another form of life flourished on Earth uh, and made the same mistakes humanity had and harmed the planet and themselves again? There was also a sadness present within all people that the human work of art and scientific progress would be lost. Recent readings had also indicated there may be other sentient life trying to make contact with humanity and all worried that if they came looking for help, they would find only graves and burned artifacts. With this came the idea of the GIFT or Global Initiative for Future Times project. 
GIFT was a global project to implement the already advanced AI technology held by humanity to create humans who could live on Earth's surface while it recovered. Humanity after we could no longer survive. The program sent out a global survey to ask people for candidates of who they would like AI thought programs or cores modeled after. These cores would make up the basic brain patterns of these AI creations and so needed to be the best of every community in the world. People began to vote collectively on various people, some well-known and others heroes to their community. Of those voted highest, those who accepted the nomination were flown to Hong Kong to undergo neuromapping. In the south of, uh, new, uh, of the new United States lived a woman named Martha. A small woman who worked as a waitress for 40 years at the local diner, Martha was the center of her community, always with advice and food for anybody who needed it. The people of her town and surrounding areas nominated her. Martha accepted and they began to create the AI map many generations would be patterned on after. The first of these units was raised by Martha herself, but the, seconds, the second generation was given to the Japanese royal family to, to raise in order to ensure the AI patterns had a diverse set of backgrounds within themselves. Years after these maps had won, had uh, been made and the last humans had been nursed on their deathbeds by their android children, the earth had regrown and while changed, it is filled once again with nature and clear, calm skies and seas. Some cities have fallen, but some we once knew still stand. In an enlarged sea sits an island that was always small, but now has grown even smaller. Large trees fill the landscape, stretching tall towards the sky. Yet an ancient city still sits a bit away from them. Massive cherry blossoms stand with monster-sized buildings that allow plant life to grow among them. The city bustles with life, people trading, having fun, not having fun because friends are late, seeing movies, reading books as the air trains speed them silently past each other. Tokyo is not recognizable in this form to us, but it is really not much different if you look more closely. So you did the same thing that happens to me when Cody reads, where it's just like, I'm like invested, and then you pause for a second. I was like, go! Keep yeah, going! Right. Ah! I was like, what the fuck, sports? Yeah, no, ah, ah, that's great. So, ah, I, now I need, now I want to know what happens. So, okay, so let me get this straight. It's like, so humanity, it's, let my brain focus on one thought before I go into 50 yeah. other ones. One, we basically did like the same kind of setup where it's like, oh yeah, it's like the earth is ruined. Let's rebuild it a different way. Mine's like, yeah, we rebuilt, like we're starting to rebuild the uh, earth after war. Yours, like they just decided to make like kind of an AI core to be like the replacement for humans. Am I getting that right? Right. Like okay. I, yours is interesting because you're like humanity started to do things to try to help the mm. landscape. Which I think like makes sense. Whereas like in my world, things have gotten beyond repair. Yeah. And we know that like the the landscape of Earth is already changed to such an extent and is going to change very rapidly that like humans will not be able to survive that. So like uh in my mind, like there was a like we're time jumping, but in my mind there was like a time where like we entered a new ice age. Yeah. And like the androids could survive that. Like they could yeah. survive those low temperatures, but like we just couldn't. Mm. And yeah, Shit so like mine is pretty much that like right before things got that bad. I'm like, oh, we need to dial it right. back. And you'll hear more about right. that on mine. But yeah, no, yours is 
Yours is interesting. I want to know where you're going to take your story. <sighs> Put some sad in there for you. Yeah. Look, we all, <laughs> anybody who listens to the show knows I love sad. <laughs> How sad is that concept? Like low key. Oh, like not like not patting myself on the back, but like I put this in kind of thinking of you because it's just like I think you're kind of melancholy that like uh, the and there was a generation of androids uh, who some of whom still might exist, like we'll learn later, who had to live with the last generations of humans, watch those watch people grow up, then watch them die and like have their memory. Yeah, like not like literally, but like remember those. Yeah, people remember and them. And yeah, it's like <laughs> oh yeah, you basically like live through watching the world end. Yeah, which is wild because like you or sorry, like not only end least, but also like, be reborn too. That's a that's wild. and and all that's crazy. Too. And then also like people you considered your family. Yeah, yeah, but then the fact that like yeah, like new androids will be created and all the, and this is just how death yeah. works but like new androids but you like you'll live through that to see things like you know ebb and flow but like the people that you know are never coming back and there's like yeah. no other like true way of getting that back that's that's my kind of craft dude i love i, love I, uh, I know you like that shit. <laughs> it's funny, i, I talked like about this with a big it. smile on my face like yeah it's <laughs> sad Woo! <laughs> um <laughs> okay, my part two, the flora and fauna. We knew exactly what we were doing. We brought death into this world. That death did not just affect our enemies, but every single living being. All we can do now is try to hold tightly to what little we have left. Ahmad Karin, Regrowth League Director. We can focus on regrowing the world around us so that we have a place to live, but speaking honestly, sometimes what is done is done. What is dead is dead, and our actions against each other are completely irreversible. We knew exactly what we were doing. We were trying to kill each other, creating new weapons and new methods of harming each other in the land around us so that our enemies would die. Due to that, there was a lot of collateral damage and a lot of innocence that was dragged into a war that was simply started over mere land squabbles. Oh, that collateral damage? I'm not just talking about the nations that were brought into all of this, but I'm talking about the flora and fauna that was lost due to our hubris. Allow me to break it down for you. As far as land mammals, 70% of species have gone extinct. Fish in both oh, fresh wow. and salt water, about 75% extinct. Birds in the sky, they did the best, only 50% extinct. Insects, I hate mosquitoes as much as the next guy, but 45% that we know of have gone extinct. Also, to both Trin and Diana, who will absolutely call me out for um, that part of not being feasible to like, continue to live on Earth, I know it's anime. We're just gonna wave, <laughs> we're just gonna wave by that and be like, oh yeah, half the world's screwed. Anyways, I'm not being grim for grim's sake. These are the results of what we have done. What remains are the animals we protected in order to aid in harvest, food, and nutrients for us. Not to mention a large percent of the fauna that has been erased. Again, most of what still survives are the species that benefit us the most. As part of the regrowth it, committee, sorry, what was that? Oh, that's just really sad, but like super what would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also like sad things. Um, <laughs> as part of the regrowth committee, I am helping to repopulate the oceans as well as the lands with animals and plants. Our predecessors saved DNA from various species once they realized what was happening. 
hopefully those efforts won't be too late. Our repopulation efforts are going as well as possible. Even someone as grim as I has hope. We started slow with cultivating the plants in barren lands far away from society so we will not have the chance to pollute or destroy. The islands that were broken off from the many mainlands are ripe for this development. We are seeing regrowth. We might not see a green earth return in our lifetime, but I am hopeful that one day we will see a revival of rainforest, grasslands, and many more. As far as animals, the birds survived by taking to the air. The more we damaged the ground, the higher up they would fly, and the higher points they would reach. Even with the great shattering of the mountains, they found livable areas away from our destruction. We believe that the golden-winged red eagle evolved due to this, and it became the symbol of the regrowth committee. A species that was so tenacious, it refused to die out despite the hell that Earth had become. I even commend those sports fanatics for using the eagle as a reference for their creations. The skyboard and that hoop sport wouldn't exist if not for the eagle's influence. Even though I am not well versed in the sport itself, I can appreciate what it has done for this world. And that's my second part. Also, yeah, I have to like keep reminding the audience that yes, this is a sports anime, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that it's like, um... first off, I really like the quotes before mm. like every part. And then I, I don't know, like, it really sounded like a report. Like, as you were saying stuff, I was like, okay, like, interesting. And like and I was like, oh, right, it's not real. Yeah, it, it comes from me being an engineer. Like, there's been times where, like, I notice, especially in some of the stories telling, when I do, like, give facts and details, I write it as very, like, very dry report-like. And I'm like, oh, crap, I have to, like, spice this up. But for this, it's like, oh, this is, like, this character that I created is, yeah. like, a guy who would be, like, giving this report or, like, I kind of imagine this being like the like world museum, like people go through and like know about the yeah. history. Like, oh, we have like the one director talk about like why the world is the way it is, and like there's like a hologram of like this guy talking about like the plants and animals and things, and then you go to the yeah. next room, it's gonna be the guy talking about history and exactly. stuff. So like that's kind of how I imagine like this setup for it. Yeah, totally. I like that a lot. Yee, I tried. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here's my next one. Though most people in Tokyo live simple, pleasant lives, some read the papers and are troubled. A group has risen up, led by a woman named Rose Nimoy. Most religion at this point in time has become community-based and deeply personal. Organized religion was mostly a thing of the past, and the closest thing to a world religion would be the practice, of, the practice of going to world monuments such as where Mount Fuji had once stood or the great reef walls of Hawaii to worship these places due to uh, the fact others had gone and had similar moving experiences there. Rose Nimoy started as somebody speaking against this on one of the popular social media sites, Are You There, Girl? Rose quickly drew attention for her extremely aggressive views on spirituality, saying that religion had become selfish and was not enough about self and outward punishment anymore, which she called righteous. As the attention grew, it seemed to encourage her deterioration, and she began, began to talk more and more about death. Since most life was now, since all life was now AI, plant, or animal, Death was not a common thing. Enough people still passed from accidents or by choice when they felt old enough that it was fine for people to have children fairly regularly. 
but death was not as daily a thing as it had once been. Rose believed this was a sin, and that there needed to be more death in the world so that the true God would be happy, we could meet him, and also death was our punishment for disobeying God. What disobeying God meant in this context was never made clear by her. And it's possible this was a misunderstood appropriation by Rose of the concept of Eve eating the apple, as the version of the gar- as this version of the Garden of Eden, where Eve is a traitor to God, had gone out of vogue around 2075 after the massive popularity of Sister Eliza Wong's progressive yet traditionally appealing revivals. Either way, this managed to tip popular opinion away from Rose being an interesting, three-thinking, albeit mostly crackpot, <laughs> to being somebody people recoiled from. As this response grew, Rose began to draw her true followers closer and talk more and more about action. Months passed, and dressed, and later, dressed in what would become her signature, a traditional English nun costume, she and several others would shoot five people in a crowded shopping center in New Russia, each dressed in some sort of religion, religious traditional costume. Authorities immediately went looking for the group, but they ventured deep underground. Months later, they attacked a hospital in Korea, killing everybody inside except a single Anika unit named Lisa Pak. Lisa had to rip her arm free from fallen rubble. Uh, when asked on the news later why she did not have her arm replaced, she turned and looked at where the right sleeve of her handbook would have been and said, I will only have it repaired when this matter is settled and everybody is safe. All my sisters and friends are dead now. We need to solve this before anybody else loses somebody. Uh, in order to combat this threat, the Reaper unit was created. Manned by two brother units, James, armed with double radio knives, and Devon, armed with lo-fi semi-automatic fender accelerator axe. With their skills in these weapons, sound-powered mech forms of the members of the terroristic cell could be disrupted, and many were taken in. But Rose remained at large. Okay, so so a couple of things. One, oh, there's so many things. Okay, so one, I, I need to ask, you said a Fender Axe. Are we talking guitar? I feel like their weapons, like his weapon to me looks like uh it looks like a guitar but it has like the it has like a so like they fight with like the they fight with the physicalized like vibrations of sound yeah so i feel like when he's using his weapon the sound comes out as like um like almost like the blade of like a scythe (laughs) that's so cool and then that's able to like because that, I think, is kind of, like, to me, like, I, I didn't make this too explicit, but, like, sound is what their weapon units are kind yeah. of run by. Yeah. Yeah. That's really freaking cool. <laughs> you got oh, me. Yeah. Okay, the other thing is, I, I do like the, Im- so, your whole setup of, like, kind of, well, this section, I don't know if this is going to be the overarching, like, story villain, but, like, the your creation of the like the story villain was like okay well death doesn't exist and because death doesn't exist this is like that it's this idea against religion pretty much is what was like presented and it's like well the death is created like basically because sin exists and if without death then yeah 
But I, I, so I like the image of the bad guys being like those who dress in like this like religious garb and like reap death and like want to put death into this world where it doesn't necessarily exist because like yeah it, all these people are androids and get to choose when they pass like what is the true conflict there and this conflict is like someone who holds on to these like ideas and also kind of forces them upon others which is i mean right and it's it's it, in it, world <laughs> it's also like i think that like there's an anger at the fact that like people have reached a understanding with like spirituality and religion where they can kind of have a personal relationship with whatever force they feel is higher like if that's god or whatever and they you know really appreciate the fact that like like essentially like not ancestor worship but like they appreciate the fact that like the world is full of like the experiences and like spirits of the people who were there before them. Yeah. And that's why they like visiting the monuments because like, yeah. not only are the monuments things that have been there, but they also like it that like there were people in the past who went and saw Mount Fuji before it like went off as a volcano. Mm -hmm. And now they're there too. And like Rose doesn't like that. Rose thinks that religion should be something that's organized so that people can get their punishment Yes. And the ultimate punishment you get is death because we're all sinners because she read some like religious text that was taken out of context because like the original thing of like Eve eating the apple and thus us being sinful yeah. wasn't a thing people and, were aware of. And the gift of eternal life was taken away yes, from us because dude. we have sinned. And so exactly. these people basically having the gift of eternal life without this punishment yeah. of death is wrong because we are all in sense of why should we be like, exactly gifted this thing of eternal life yeah no it's, I, exactly. I love that setup that's really awesome and i so i don't know if you did this on purpose but the the um image that you brought in mind of this villain wearing like the nun outfit reminded me of fire force with the, that nun character oh, i don't know <laughs> but i was like ah it's like we got a, we got another badass nun lady there <laughs> yeah i see her as being very small yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I love it. I love that image. Uh, ah, no, I'm ex again very excited to hear the rest of this. You, you definitely went above and beyond. I'm very happy about this. Oh, thanks, dude. Okay, part three. Part three society history. Understanding the past is unpleasant, but reminds us where we came from. Takashi Good, historian, Skyball spokesperson. Every time it comes up, people ask, did the thousand-year war really last a thousand years? Unfortunately, the answer is yes. What started as a small land squabble where the Northwestern superpower tried to gain more influence in the global forum led to a war that would wrap up every country into its web. Everyone needed to pick sides and believe that they were fighting to ward off true evil. Eventually, they would learn that the true evil is war itself, as this war has left the world permanently broken. To best each other, the warring nations invented dangerous weapon after dangerous weapon, from bombs to poison gases to mechs and finally world-burning devices. Not to mention that the industries behind these machines had to expand to keep up. The skies turned black with pollution, and the weapons threatened to drive life itself to extinction. Through unanimous decision, the World Peace Forum was created to develop a peace treaty before there was nothing left to fight for. 
Fixing what was already broken is much more difficult than breaking it in the first place. Still, we keep trying to build a new future. Of course, you already know all of this. You have heard it in school, in documentaries, on the news, and pretty much everywhere. I am here to tell you about what came next. Scientists got to work fixing what was broken in the ocean and in the skies, but one scientist, Silas Raha, was the one who kept asking the question, now what? We had a solution for the skies and the seas, but now what? Plant and animal rest restoration were underway, but now what? There was the question of the war machines and other weapons. What do we do with them? Silas led the effort and repurposed materials to help reinforce the cities and create vehicles for transportations. He also created machines that would help with world restoration. He then had the nerve to ask, now what? Using the energy produced by the ocean and the sky, we could use that power we could use that to power machines in the sea and in the sky. He decided developing mass public transportation in the air, such as flying cars, would be too dangerous. But instead, Silas had a better idea. Turn sky transportation into personal turn sky transportation into a personal endeavor. For this, he created the first skyboard, a mechanically driven board that was powered by the excess energy in the sky to soar on the charged clouds that were across the lands. Yeah, now you see what I mean when I said, oh, this was inspired by Eureka 7? Yep. <laughs> no, I, I was laughing because it's like I liked before that you mentioned that there's all these like rainbow clouds and, yeah. and they don't do anything, but they're pretty and that's like cool. But it's kind of like, you know, it's it's like us processing the pollution. And now I like that there's this guy who's like, but what if this can be a game? <laughs> but what if? Since since then, thousands of iterations of the Skyboard have been created, a large number of them created by huh. Silas himself. But he dared ask the question, now what? He saw that the efforts of the restoration were well underway, with art and music slowly on the rise, but then he saw another thing. Sports entertainment was almost non-existent. Along with a few others, he helped create the first Skyboard Racing League. Individuals or teams raced across the sky on waves of rainbow gas. At first, these races were done using markers throughout the barren lands until Silas dared again ask that question. Now what? Using parts from the war machines, they developed racing courses all across the world. From, the course, from these courses, sky racing was broadcast to almost every home, with every person picking their favorite racer or hometown hero to win the World Sky Racing Grand Tournament. Silas found himself as world leader in mechanical sciences and also as the founder of the World Sky Racing League. It wasn't until years later when Silas's young, youngest son, Saren Raha, decided to ask that famed question one more time. Now what? Sky racing was a household name and the favorite pastime across the world, with many school and private leagues popping up. But there had to be more. Saren decided to create another sport and thus Skyball was born. It started with an enclosed globe in whatever environment you pick. Four goals of varying point worth, two for each team. The goals float around different environmental obstacles. Two special goals worth more points than the other four called the Heaven and Hell Gate. One at the very bottom of the arena and one at the very top. These are the smallest and hardest to get to. A team of five people each, two defenders, a goalie, and two offense. Teams switch sides from defending heaven or hell after two periods, totaling four. 
Then finally, the last ingredient, the sky ball, a ball used to score points for your team. The ball can be handled with any body part and even the skyboard. Saren's game caught on quickly and the league and a league much bigger than the Sky Racing League was created. You could only do so much with racing and its champions, but with Skyball, the aspect of a new team sport excited generations. Competitions helped bring the world together. It was the one thing that was missing from the restoration efforts. And that's my third part. See, I just I like created that, my that's own awesome. sport. Yeah, I went too far. <laughs> like I said, like I really like the like uh, thing with the gas. And, and I, I also really like that, like, because it is kind of supposed to be like, I would definitely read a book of like, uh, kind of like exhibits from a museum from this world. And I like that, like this one has that thing that like museum exhibits always have where they always have, they have like a, um, like a special word or like a phrase that like yes. keeps repeating. And I like that yours had that, like they always have that, like kind of like, narrative phrase like that uh repeats and uh, yeah. i don't know I, I i really liked that i thought that oh, really thank you worked yeah no, i had a lot of fun building this world it was one of the ones where i like i ended up really liking this world and i like created my own like story in my head of it which i don't need to be doing because i need to finish all the other stories that i've started yeah um but yeah this like one was like oh man this character could do this and, oh but yeah so that is kind of what's going to go on in my next part but for now, that is my third part, and I'm very, very overly excited to hear what you got. <laughs> I also love that it's, like, the thing that, come on, Tennessee, that, like, really, like, it's, like, it seems like it's, like, very invigorating to people. Like, they're kind of, like, well, we're rebuilding the world, but we have all this trauma, yeah. and it's, like, doing this work together is helping with yeah. that and kind of giving them, like, a reason to keep going and, like, pride and shit, and I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, I also really like that, like, uh, and this kind of, like, feeds maybe into the idea of, like, how the sport is kind of, like, played and how, like, teams are made. That, like you said before, that, like, there are no borders really to this yes. world anymore. Like, they're actually very encouraged for people to go to different places. So, like, that's interesting. So, that's kind of um, what I was trying to do, like, very subtly with, like, the names. Like, so I did, like, Ahmed, there was Emily, yeah, and there was... Takashi, and then all the last names like were mixed. Like Takashi, good, um, yeah, but yeah, like so. So I I, I tried to kind of like make it so that it was all nations. Like teams, teams are there probably would be like a nation league and a nation team, but like teams are by the individuals how I imagined it, and like so. And I'll get into this in society current, but like how I kind of imagined it is like any team can like put their name into like the pro cup but you kind of had to like prove yourself and so you play to the amateur league and whoever's like the top of the amateur league then goes to the pro league and that's like the big thing in the championship and that's where you make tons of money etc 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 i've also thought like there would probably be like college leagues or like like high school leagues and stuff like that kind of like how football more or less exists but yeah, yeah. this idea that like that it's not um Com like it's not confined to a country but like anybody could do this and enter this thing and that's like the hometown hero aspect of it and like anytime like anybody could be part of these different teams and any team yeah. can exist anywhere you just need you just need a coach and a place to train and a place to like have it. so i guess it kind of more or less will like end up existing like mma almost right 
And kind of like basketball. Yeah. To a point, yeah. And how baseball exists everywhere else. <laughs> right. All right. Here's my... This is... I think it's kind of long. The sky never really returned to blue, but it's turned to a shade of green uh, that is preferable after years of it being a bruised white. It makes the rain glitter like emeralds and the sunset a stack of streaming colors that fall away into a deep, dark sky. The lights given to the world by Empress Minako click on, and if you live near Kyoto, you can see her as she comes out to gaze at the moon. She is one of the first units given to Japan from the new U.S., and she has seen so much. Maybe that's why she likes to look at the moon. It has always been there, after all. She is ethereally young and eternally young, her dark skin never changing or sagging, but her eyes have changed. Some say they seem sad. Maybe that's just how people look when they get older, though. Looking down on the world, she can see Tokyo. The cherry blossoms dropping petals as the early spring breeze shakes them. They fall over a small cafe where people in are enjoying the last of their lunches or sitting down for early dinner. The workers go about taking orders. Most of them just work there because it's the way you get the exclusive and very cute uniforms that double as fashion items. One girl like that is a young worker named Momiji. At 5 p.m. at this cafe, a large explosion went off. Screams were heard and people clamored to get out into safety. Momiji had uh, thrown herself onto a cat that lived at the cafe as he wasn't mechanical and more vulnerable to harm. When she got up, she realized a large chunk of wood had gotten thrust into her cheek. System check, you have been damaged, flashed across her field of vision. Please go find assistance immediately. People care about you. Mm -hmm. Then, would you like to engage painkiller protocol? She did. Through the text, Momiji forced a broken window open and an upset and scared Tachi the cat out of it. He fell awkwardly, but she watched him run off to safety. He's sure he'll come back later, since he knows this is where food is. When she turned away, out of the smoke came a form. The woman was very small and wearing a weird outfit, sort of a Lolita, a Lolita dress, but such a weird headdress. Momiji hadn't been giving, given very much education on old religions, and she didn't read the paper very much. At first, Momiji thought the gun Rose picked up was a toy, just for a second, she had never seen a real one. Programming is quicker than we perceive it, though, even in humans. And as Rose fired, Momiji's body automatically dodged into a broken side table. What's wrong? She heard the woman ask above her. Don't you want to meet God? If you don't, you're saying we don't have souls. Don't you think you have a soul? Then raising the gun, she smiled in a way that contorted her porcelain doll face. Let's find out if you do. And that's the end of the third part. You can't just sit there. <laughs> yeah. ah! Ah! He's to do shit, and they're like always in trouble. <gasps> I love that. That was also. I don't know if you. I tried not to like say it too loud while you were just like when you talked about the cat. I was like, oh, yeah, he, oh, he knows yeah. where this food is. Like, oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, that boy's coming back. He'll be back. Yeah. That was. Oh, that's sick, dude. Oh, you! I think you did a really good job creating that villain, especially like the whole idea. It's like, oh yeah, it's like, um, are you afraid to die? It's like dying. Like, 
if you are, then that means we don't have, like, if you don't die, yeah. whatever the phrase that you said, it was like, if you don't die, that means we don't have a soul. Like, that kind of, like, taunting almost of, like, your ideals are right and, like, type of thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, you don't have a, we, that means you don't believe we have souls. It's like, Right, one, exactly. One, screw you. <laughs> Dude, also, yeah. I like the idea also, that whole thing is like, oh, yeah, programming works very quickly. And, like, she dodged, like, yeah. well, that was, like, that's, like, a really cool thing. Very, very cool setup. Thanks. <sighs> Gosh, darn. You're like, oh, yeah, this is weird. I don't think anybody will like this. Like, dude, I'm, like, at the, well, not at the edge of my seat, literally, because I'm lazy. But <laughs> I'm at the edge of my seat, like, thought lines because, like, it's, Again, like that thing, like when Cody was reading his story, where he was like, like, okay, chapter in, like, dude, what? Why are you ending the chapter here? Go on for like another hour, please. One thing that I thought a lot about um, in this section, just with world building, was do they feel pain? Yes. And I thought like, well, we wouldn't want to program them to feel pain because that's bad. But I then thought, like, but pain is something that we've developed evolutionarily. Yes. Because pain's actually very helpful. Like, pain tells you when you're damaged. Mm -hmm. So I thought, like, something that, that, that's, like, the way that I thought it would kind of work is that, like, when she gets damaged by the wood hitting her, like, in her cheek, let's say, for one thing, it, like, doesn't hurt as much as it would hurt a human. But there's definitely, it's very painful. Um... And that's to, like, alert her that something's happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, like that's like a, like, at the end of the day, that's kind of like a fail-safe that's worked yes. into her programming to be, like, because she already has the thing that says, like, you've taken damage. But if that itself is damage, she still has the inherent fail-safe of, like, that hurts, that's not good. Yeah. And then can initiate, like, a painkiller thing if it's, like, still available. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was, like, a really cool idea. Because, like, yeah, like, you, when you first said it, it's like, oh, it makes sense that they have, like, pain. Because, like, one, they're kind of, like, the replacement for humans. But, like, also the idea is, like, yeah. like you said, it's the very evolutionary thing. But if we don't have the pain, then, one, there's, like, ideas, like, oh, if we didn't feel pain, then, like, we would lose, like, a portion of our humanity. Because, like, so. pain That's is, like, what helps us feel alive. And, like, understanding right. different feelings, especially pain, is how we can to a point understand each other exactly yes very that and also that like yes and like there is an extent where it's like they wouldn't have a concept of like what burning is if that was like the case and like that's i think something like people would like they wanted kind of like one of their purposes is that like they have that Mm -hmm. like and also because also like i said like it's for their humanity but it's also so that like if alien life comes, they're not like, that's pretty. What's that flower? Yeah. And like, like androids are just like, it's whatever, dude, it's just fire. And like, they don't know because they're fireproof. And then the aliens aren't fireproof. It's like, Oh yeah. What's that? It's like, Oh yeah. Just go, go check it out. We'll stand over here. Don't don't worry about it. It's like, yeah, we walk through this whole time. The alien goes, "Ah!" or like, let's say like they made them like totally fireproof Mm. so they have no concept of like fire is dangerous and they lose that yeah yeah and that's why i'm like part of me is like that loses like a portion of like humanity and like understanding like i also just i don't know it it creates like an interesting thing because like 
again like there's part of it like an empathetic thing where like you understand if like someone's hurt or someone's afraid yeah totally. like, there, there's like this whole empathy that comes with pain itself and pain's like Very this much. understanding that you're alive and also understanding that like in a way that life is precious like doing certain things are like special because like oh yeah it's like yeah you you know you know you know. yeah and like not <laughs> to get too deep into it and like we can move on but i also kind of wondered if like is that like you're saying like is that so needed that it's like like many i'm guessing like like many of martha as a person's experiences were based on her ha be having a perception of pain yeah. so it's like could you make that neural map about someone having that understanding yeah. is the other like yeah. yeah yeah no this is great i would i mean look we haven't gotten to the end but i would watch this anime like you, yeah. you, you, you know what I like in anime, but like you saw me like watch trailers for stuff yesterday, just like eh, yay or nay, and like this is definitely like the idea that like would fit in because it's like a very interesting like setup, but also like you created, you created a villain that I would like to see their arc because like oh. When I when I was a kid, I say this a lot. I was a teenage edge lord, whereas like I really liked I was villains. A teenage edge lord. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, I, I really liked villains because especially the way that Naruto did it, there was like an empathy and understanding behind the villains too. They weren't just like these cool guys with these strong powers. They all had like something that made them them like this whole thing. And like th that created like an interesting thing. Like you created a villain who has like a very interesting background where it's like this idea of like, religion and faith and like their ideas like oh well death without death that means we don't have like if you're afraid of death that means you don't believe we have a soul because etc et right et cetera. you set it all up i don't need to re-explain re your story but i just I, I think that's like a very cool thing and i would like to see how that like villain's arc gets played out and like what that means and especially like upon defeat what kind of ideas go through the villain's head type of thing like like when you see certain animes um the only thing that popped to my mind immediately is devil man cry baby i apologize um but like you see kind of like that remorseful end when like the villain reaches his end type of thing and like, yeah, kind of like so you 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 have this understanding of like and i feel like the one that you set up will kind of create that thing that i like quite a bit but yeah well thank you yeah no no I'm, I'm i'm enjoying this um part four society current oh yeah society current <clears throat> fuck team room miles Linus. <laughs> i was there when team room won its first championship becoming the first team to be undefeated for an entire season seeing the skyball championship was my mom's one wish before she succumbed to cancer it was a treasured memory. I was amazed when team forward Lauren Hayes, youngest in the league at the time, scored the winning point. Then I was devastated when Team Room went on to win four more championships, completely undefeated for five years straight. Interest in Skyball began to wane as many upcoming players okay. saw Team Room as undefeatable. Team Room fell into debauchery with drugs and wild parties. I saw this as a disgrace as they were the face of the sport. I don't know if it was out of fear of losing a part of my childhood and the last piece of my mother, but I decided I wouldn't let this stand. Room may have been the greatest sports champions to ever exist, but they were sellouts. 
Many people believe they were unstoppable because they are corporate sponsored with the best gear and training in the world. I consider the people who think there is no way of winning against the room complete idiots. Skyball <laughs> isn't about gear or special coaches. It's about skill <laughs> and hard work. I have studied every single match Lauren has played and studied his every move. I have found that even with shitty gear, he will be better than most players, which means he is defeatable. Just because his board is worth millions doesn't mean that someone just as talented won't come and knock the king down from his throne. That someone will be me. I have practiced as much as I have studied the game itself. My dad and I couldn't afford special lessons or even special gear, but what I did, sorry, but what I did have got me what I needed and I am grateful for it. At the start, we were mostly out to raise money. With my endless hard work and playing till my body was so sore that I couldn't move, I became confident in my skills. My dad would place bets on me in local pickup games and without a doubt, I would win every time. Pause. I just straight up stole that from Chris DeStefano. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just straight, just straight up took that. <laughs> so yeah, my dad would place bets on me when I did basketball. I'm like, oh, that's like an interesting thing to like throw <laughs> in for so like funny. story. It's like this confidence skill. Anyways, this sleazy money got me my first regulation board. After that, I was set. I just needed to join a team. Without graduating from a top school or playing on an official amateur team, most wouldn't accept me. I didn't give a damn about that. I found my team, the perfect team of losers that had the audacity of using the red-winged eagle as their team name and symbol. They weren't losers in the fact that they weren't skilled, but the fact that they haven't won a single game, ever. Their losing streak threatened to send them back to the amateur leagues, but I know they have the potential. Baz, despite her size, is a killer goalie. If she can stay focused, she never lets the ball in. Though, she can barely stay focused for more than a few seconds. The twins, Asa and Hiromi, are perfect as defenders. It's almost as if they have a psychic connection. But Hiromi's methods of defending can be a bit, bit brutal, leading to many fouls. And Asa is just plain lazy. Finally, there is Alexei. Even though the Red Eagles have the most aggressive defenders, Alexei is extremely timid... Sorry, is an extremely timid point forward and won't go for a goal if there is any risk involved. Regardless of their flaws, I believe they can help me take down Team Room and Lauren Hayes. I will create a legacy. <laughs> what do you say? I said, yeah, bitch. This is like some anime shit where it's like, we got to do this shit. So yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I will create a legacy that my mother will be proud of. And that is my whole setup and story. I don't know. I just... So, awesome. Like, I like that they're like a bad team. Like yeah. very, I you know, I love Bad News Bears. It's yeah. like one of my favorite movies. Um, so that's so appealing to me that like they're like, like the like you said that like one of them's lazy. It's like very appealing to me. I love that. Yeah, and I, and I like the idea because like you have your like shonen type of thing where it's like, oh, the like main character is like, he's special in some way and he's the one who's gonna save the world. But I like the idea that one, this character 
is like he's not special. He got what he um like his skill and everything from studying the game, practicing every day. So I like that aspect yeah. where it's like, oh, he's not the golden chosen one. He's just like someone who put in the effort. But then I also like the idea that the team itself isn't like the special. They're not like the ones who are like destined to win, but they're also not like like sometimes you'll see and especially like team well not necessarily team but like when you have a group of characters like either they're all special or they're like all like like low power but they like slowly gain all these powers throughout and they become strong and that's what yeah. causes the win is like this stuff that they absorb but like i like the idea that the skill is all like it's there like baz the goalie is very good won't like let it yeah. go in but she has ADHD. Um, the yeah. one character's super lazy, the other character's way too brutal and gets fouls. And then the one character is just way too timid. And like, then like the idea, like coming together, they all bring out those skills within each other rather than like developing a superpower. They just develop what they already had. And I like that kind of idea. Cause like reading through Tepu was like, oh yeah, she is extremely talented, but she needs someone to help her um, kind of polish those skills and through training and hard work, she's able to get to where she um, is second in a tournament. Like, like that yeah. kind of idea. And that's like watching like sports and tournaments and stuff like that. Like, I don't know that, that I wanted to carry through that same idea. I also wanted to carry through like the idea, like in every anime, you have like the one goal and like the main antagonist, but like in a sports one, yeah. it's like not really an antagonist. Antagonist, they're not gonna have a bad guy threatening to destroy the world, but like the idea, of, like there's this undefeatable team or this, this guy who always wins on the team. That, like, right. the main character feels like, oh, yeah, like, this guy doesn't deserve it. Or, like, that, it's like, oh, it's kind of ruining the sport because everybody's stopped, like, really going for the championship because they believe that they'll lose against this team, this guy, anyways. And I also did, I created this whole story in my mind about how this team gets there. But, like, in my mind, I also created the idea that the character Lauren Hayes is trans. And... Yeah. Yeah, it, it is trans, but like, I don't know. And there's this idea, I don't know. I went through this whole freaking thing in my head about who this character is and like why like they behave the way they do. And like the, the idea of like the whole debauchery and stuff that the main character sees and like, oh, this is so disgraceful. I went through that as like, oh, well, it's not as it is on surface. And like, right. that the character was not accepted in Lauren Hayes was not accepted in the sport as when before they transitioned and now like they're supposed to be like they went by like changed their name went by a completely different name but now like they're accepted but they like have to keep up this facade of being a specific person even though all they want to do is just play the sport i thought was like an interesting thing of putting in this and i'm talking for way too much but i i like i just thought the idea of like oh yeah this main character has this thing it's like i want to stop this team and what we want to become the new um, champions but on the other side there's like so much more nuance to the quote-unquote villain that than there is so i don't know that that was like the whole story yeah. that I created. and that's why like i wrote out a full story in my head and i shouldn't be doing that because i got other stuff to do same <laughs> yeah I, I also like that like so much of the other parts of the story like they're very positive you know like everyone's trying their best and it's like they're <laughs> 
people and like this reads like an angry forum post like yeah. this character is so mad and they're so judgmental like and and it really does read like something in an anime where it's like i'm gonna reclaim this and i'm gonna return it back to its former lowery and like i'm gonna be the big hero and it's like yeah it really leads to not only you're like fuck yeah but also you're like what is deeper there so it's like it's interesting that you did think like no there's there's other stuff going on and like obviously the character is talking like they have a very angry tone but it's also like yeah dude their mom died yeah and that's that's the other thing that like if i were to like write a full story or anime or webcomic out of this like the idea is like you're on the side of the main character because he's the main character supposed to be but like this idea of like oh yeah it's like i believe things should be this way and of like i see it this one picture and then you learn more things about it as it goes on but the other thing is like that the character like that's his character arc is he grows to understand the other team he understands his own team where it's like oh yeah it's like we're going to be the championship and like that idea of like the shonen protagonist is like i'm the one who's going to carry us to victory and realizing that he needs to depend because it's a team thing and that's what i've seen in a lot of um sports animes that i've read is like that it's more about being on the team rather than carrying on the back like naruto like as you get through the things like he is very like oh yeah like positive and like we are family we are together but it is like a lot of the things are solved through his own strength alone he defeats pain through his own strength alone like yeah everybody works to hold pain off but he defeats pain he defeats like the main like all this is done through naruto or done through the three main characters but the idea that i wanted to do is like in order to win at a team sport you need to be a team and that's just like the kind of themes that like I would want to if this became a real story. But again, I got too much to write to focus on <laughs> this. But yeah, I really, really liked doing this. I'm really glad you gave me sports anime because it's kind of been on my mind for a bit after reading Tattoo. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Okay, let's hear your stuff, dude. I'm really excited. All right. Yeah, we left off on a cliffhanger, I guess. Yes. All right. Momiji felt her body contort and pull back before leaping up and at Rose. They fell to the ground, wrestling and rolling, until Rose kicked Momiji through what had been the front door of the cafe. Momiji stood up shakily, the skeletal black form of Rose rending herself out of the rubble and stepping over other piles of burning debris to point her gun at her, to point the gun at her again. Behind Momiji, people still ran for cover. An old unit with a dog slumped over a curb, stumbled over a curb, and two alien tourists righted her, and they all began to run again. Rose happily fired random shots around Momiji and in the direction of others. A bullet clipped the shoulder of a woman slowed down by her long kimono, and she stooped, clutching, uh, clutching it a few feet away from Momiji. Rose took the moment to shoot the woman in the ankle. Aggression detected flashed against fa- flashed across Momiji's view. Why are you doing this? Can't we try to talk about it? Momiji yelled at her, but more shots and laughter rang out. Aggressive aggression wave two detected. Would you like to disengage the firearm? Momiji blinked yes, but Rose smiled and stepped towards her, firing so it hit near Momiji's cheek. How had she disengaged her safeguard? A shot hit her shoulder. More sobs from the woman in the kimono 
as she couldn't move to safety. Then quick flashes of text. Hyperaggression detected. Engage weapon system. Disengage Asimov principle. Engage solidarity protocol. Weapon system engaged. Now running Golem protocol. Would you like to sing a song? Tubman program initiated. Be safe out there. (laughs) Rose was detained by authorities. Much of her body was damaged by Momiji's sonic cannon. But this was rebuilt and her brain uh, was not damaged from the altercation. It was revealed, however, that previous damage had been done to her logic system from a fall she had suffered years before and was never thought serious at the time by her family. This was not corrected until further research and observation can be done. Intensive rehabilitation is being done on her, and officials hope that it will take. One wonders how programs based on some of the kindest minds can become so twisted with hate. But it is telling that when watching old videos Rose posted before her rise to infamy, her sister is a constant presence. Whether complaining about the bad treatment her sister gives her, some of which seems like basic sisterly fighting, or even paranoia on Rose's part. I know Sissy doesn't like me because she won't let me borrow any of her dresses, Rose complains in one video. But some point to more serious matters in the home, sometimes mentioned so casually they speak to repression of possible trauma. I know I'm, I'm the ugly one because she reminds me all the time, Rose comments in Just Doing Makeup, a video that came out only two years before her more radical ones. In another, Rose offhandishly mentions at a party her sister hit her and other members of her family just laughed. Rose remains detained for the time being, our last update saying she still maintains her radical views and now has to be observed constantly to make sure she does not harm herself. Later, on other news broadcasts, it was reported the girl who incapacitated her had made a full recovery. Momiji was shown at the site, her face being bandaged and waving awkwardly. It was scary, she said, but I just wanted to help. It was later noted the cafe worker, Tarantino, was a Martha unit. And that's the end. Dude, I love it. Ah, I'm glad That's you awesome. like it. I, and again, you did exactly what I have mentioned <laughs> in the section before. Where I was like, oh, yeah, you like created some nuance to the villain that like I yeah. found interesting. That whole thing with like the videos that she wrote well made before like the radi- more radical ideas and stuff. That that was very interesting. It's like, oh, there's like a repressed trauma there. And like, like what really does that mean for this character and how? Yeah, that's that's cool. And, yeah, and like now, like uh, she just like kind of is like harming herself. Yeah. That. And and that that's the thing that I I found interesting because like you 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 read through that part and like there there's parts that like reminded me of like kind of my own own um deal of like certain certain like things that she had like said or like mentioned with like things going on in her life it's like and this is like oh you're creating a relatable character and also like a like a relatable thing that happens a lot where um people will be disenfranchised by certain things repress that and then gain more radical ideas and radical um things through that and like yeah yeah it's just just kind of like a very realistic way because you know i I read and watch a lot of like things talking about conspiracy and radicalizations and things like that and that was just very interesting to kind of tie that in there and that like there was some isolation 
Yes. That absolutely. was there for her, like from her family and some, something was happening mm -hmm. there with her family where she was like not being treated well to such a point that like, it wasn't like, this is my video about how my sister treats me bad. It's like, she's doing her, like I said, like she's doing her makeup and she's just like, she always says I'm ugly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, something else was going on like with this person. Um, yeah. And like that's how that like program developed mm -hmm. to be that kind of like mindscape. And uh, yeah, but just yeah. wanted to kind of, no, no, that's, that's cool. that, like, I again would <laughs> you you had the melancholy. I love it. I would absolutely like watch this. But I also like the kind of like well, more or less twist at the end that the um other the what was the name Momiji? What was the name of the other yeah Momiji's yeah. yeah that she was a Martha unit. That that was cool. Yeah, that that was like a fun little twist to put on it. And I and I also like like the whole like going through like the different protocols. That was a fun little thing that you added in. Like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I was wondering if, like, that would work. And if the Martha thing, I was wondering if, like, you would remember, like, oh, Martha was, like, one of the first women and, like, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, yeah, no, you did a great job on that. I don't know what you were worried about, dude. That was really cool. It was very, very, very over the top and great. It was very trigger. I don't know why. Maybe because you mentioned fire and a nun. I also thought a little <laughs> bit of fire force in there, which again, <laughs> fire force and like that guy's comics are very over the top, which I think also kind of represent kind of the same trigger idea. But yeah, no, it was that was cool. I, I for for yet another anime episode. We keep um playing the hits, dude. We're doing doing some good stuff. Also, I hope that people like the, like, almost obnoxiously nice computer. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Like, it, it, like, kind of supposed to be like a mom, mm -hmm. kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, like, that's all... great. Yeah, I, I, and that's, like, another thing, and we need to end this episode, but that's another thing that, like, I've noticed a lot in anime. It's kind of, like, it was in American mainstream with, like, Baymax, kind of. But um, but there's in anime there's a lot of like the overly friendly and kind of the caregiving robot like um in Psychopaths her AI that follows around um the little um forget what the orb is called from Gundam that Amuro has um th things like that it's like little robot helpers are all through it and like anime and I think that's like a kind of a big part for me a lot it's just like the little little robot helpers yeah yeah and it's definitely like. I kind of see that as like, like if, if I really think about like, what is that, that voice like within that, I, I see that as kind of being like, um, like the, the, who that, who is that voice? Like what voice is being, I see that as being like the voice of, um, the people who first like programmed, uh, the models. Yeah. And so like, they're kind of these like ghosts in the machine now. Mm. who kind of like not literally she doesn't like they don't hear voices but like in of their little messages they've like programmed those messages especially so that like years and years later they're still there for them like watching and taking care yeah. of them and that's what it has like the little things at the end that say like go get assistance like people care about you yeah i really like uh, that part that's i think i'm like oh when you said that's like people care about you yeah, and I, I wondered a little bit, like, I, I didn't think about this too much, but I, I wondered a little bit if, like, um, some of that is also inspired by, like, maybe organically, 
but also like in a ghost in the machine way, like maybe organically, but maybe also like put in there, especially like there might be some of the voices of the people who were the first like neuro mappers. Mm -hmm. So like that kind of might be like partially Martha's voice. Yeah. Like Momiji being like, be careful. Like she's kind of become like this, like nice grandma. Yeah. yeah, And then uh, also like, I I don't know if I got this across, but like they're the current, like Empress is also that unit. Like she's also a Martha. Yeah. Cause she's from the second unit of Martha's that was given to Japan. So like, they're all just, Based on the super nice lady. <laughs> yeah, who just worked at a cafe and people yeah. was like the sitcom character that everybody comes to to like talk to for advice, like the Wilson, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love I, it. Hmm? I, I also like see her as being very smart. Like something I didn't want to do is like, and this might be getting too into like side character shit or whatever, but like I didn't want Martha to be like a mammy. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, like, something I was going to put in, but I just thought it was too, like, I mean, it's all, like, exhibition. I can never say that word, but it's, you know, we're world building. But, like, I thought it might be too on the nose, but, like, something else I kind of, I almost put in there was that, like, the people picked, like, they didn't necessarily have, like book smarts intelligence but they had like a lot of emotional intelligence and like martha like a fact i almost like put in there about martha that i still feel like is for me true for her like as weird as that sounds is that like martha learned to speak spanish in six months just by watching people speak yeah like is just like was just that attentive and like interested in people but also like very intelligent and very quick-minded and like very fucking observant yeah. as a person. And so the other thing I meant to point this out um, when you did read this first section, but the other thing I liked is like you started as like, Oh, well people picked like their favorite person in order to be part of this program and everything. And like, so my mind first, when you said that, like went to, Oh, so it's going to be like celebrities and things like that. But which is a way it could go, but I think the thing that was like more important thing that's like more impactful for the characters and the story itself is that it went for people in the communities that are favorite person. Oh, Martha, because she is that person that everybody goes. She's the Wilson, the character that everybody goes to and like really loves and stuff. And like, oh, this is someone who's been loving, who's smart, who's like all these things that embody this perfect program. Not like, oh yeah, it's like. Let's pick Elon Musk or something like that. I, I like that it was totally. someone in the community who had this impact on other people rather than just like being one of mill celebrity. And I thought that was a in cool my thing mind, the way that like in my mind, I actually thought of like no, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much. No, you're good. This is a but like <laughs> I thought of like because you know like a lot of my stuff is kind of in like little kind of movie scenes almost, and I thought of like. Uh, like a dude like he's like kind of like a classic farmer kind of guy and he's like you know chewing hay and like the government pulls up and they like give him a flyer that says like you have to like do this like we're, we're looking for nominations like surely you've heard and he like looks at the paper and he's like what kind of person are you looking for and they're like well we have a lot of the traits listed there but you know just like people who you think are the best like you know the smartest or you know, the kindest or, you know, the people who you think are the best leaders, like whoever. And he kind of like looks down at the paper and like goes inside and his wife's like, what's that? And they're like, and he's like, they want us to pick the 
nicest, the smartest and the kindest. And she's like the smartest and the kindest. And he's like the smartest and the kindest. And she's like, well, who? And they're like, "Mm." and he's like the smartest and the kindest. And he's like, guess that's Martha. Yeah. And that would be Martha. And they're like, well, we should get everyone together and tell Martha. Like, and then like it goes together as a town and then went over to other towns and people were like fuck yeah dude we like this lady yeah i think that's cool i think it's really cool but yeah no good good job dude good job we'll definitely have have you back but as always will what are your plugs well jordan as i hit this whole dusty trail uh (laughs) are you about to die what's happening Um, you can find me. Well, you can always find me on Weeb. Yep. Which we do together. Yep. Which is on your channel. Yep. And you can also find me on Instagram at Time Machine Keep. Not, excuse me, not Time Machine Keeper. Time Machine Keep. Yep. And you can find me on my Twitch uh, at Twitch dot tv uh slash time machine keeper with the er and uh follow for me because i'm gonna be talking about movies and i play games and i don't know all kinds of weird shit talk about elizabeth taylor fucking having a nervous breakdown in rome and shit (laughs) yeah you know as she's known to do or was known to do oh and and message me on instagram if you want to talk about movies I, i always check my like message requests mm-hmm. from like people who haven't like friended me yet and i'm always so excited when i see a new one because i'm like oh, maybe it's someone from a show who wants to talk about movies and it's always someone being like we want to sponsor your account do you want yeah, some free I, shit I, you're great and i'm like i don't want this i got one of those the other day and i wrote i usually get the like like for lack of better terms, the kind of sexy ones with like, hey, daddy. I'm like, no! No! <laughs> get out of here! Get out of uh, here, bot. Yeah, it's like, get out of here. It's like, who falls for this? Why are you wasting why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting my time? It's What's like it's like I'm more ashamed that you're wasting your own time. What are we doing here? But you can check me out at Okay, I can do this. This is not Weeblog. You can check me out at twitch.tv forward slash something I guess zero zero where I stream Weeblog with my dear friend Will, who happens to be on yeah, the show yeah. today. Um, you can check out my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast. We are on hiatus now, but we are coming back. We um talk about Woo! um diversity in their culture and the most recent episode that was released does have will on it where we talk about the hogwarts uh legacy game i think that's what it's called we sure do and and that's it the hogwarts game and jk rowling and her weird stuff but yeah that's a whole thing that was pre me reading that was listening to the uh megan phelps podcast about it now jordan now i'm a fan of jk rowling now i love her and i'm a turf (laughs) I'm a trans turf. I hate myself. I don't think I should be included. I'm trapped. You you, you look in the mirror. You're just like you. 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 you? Ah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. And as always, we will catch you on the flip side. Bye. See you later.